0: Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes, and to bring you tried-and-true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music.
1: Welcome to The Career Musician. On this episode, we have Brian Fraser Moore, drummer to the stars and beyond, with credits that read like a who's who, including, but not limited to, Madonna, Justin Timberlake, Alicia Keys, Christina Aguilera, Janet Jackson, Usher, Babyface, Patti LaBelle, Tony Braxton, Queen Latifah, and a whole host of others, including television shows, movie and recording credits, and the list goes on. But also he has his own signature snare drum series now this is a very important piece of the puzzle as a career musician and we talk about endorsement deals and how to approach them properly amongst so many other things as brian fraser moore really understands how to approach his career in music as a business person first right here on the career musician podcast Brian Frazier Moore, welcome to the Career Musician Podcast.
2: Man, thank you for having me. I
1: finally made it here. I know, exactly, exactly. You know what's crazy, man? We've known each other forever, it seems like. Yes. And we have such a similar mindset Mm -hmm. about, you know, music and and the business and how to conduct ourselves. So I just thought it made sense. I was like, yo, I got to reach out to Brian and get him on the show.
2: Man, anytime, man. Anytime.
1: Absolutely
2: yeah so man give us the brief history the rundown originally you're from philly right originally from philadelphia born and raised uh moved to atlanta georgia for a little bit and then met my wife and she pulled me to the west coast that was it
1: (laughs) Ah, nice nice that's funny because we were talking not too long ago and i wasn't sure if you were here or on the east coast still when did you move out here for good uh it's been about about 10 years Okay, but I think you were you were one of the very few cats that was able to do something that's not so easy to do. You were working in the L.A. scene even when you weren't living here, because that's how we met.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was a blessing. I mean, uh, you know, and at that time, you know, that time uh, music was popping just a little bit harder, you know, than it is now. So we we was in it uh, and, and we had a sound. So I'm thankful for that
1: yeah absolutely absolutely let's talk about that because it was you ethan farmer and rob lewis as a trio i mean you there was nothing you guys weren't doing it seemed like you were doing every gig
2: yeah we was rolling together for a while man it it was uh i think uh we we did christina with the tony braxton and then we came that's when we all came together with Babyface. right Uh, so we was rolling together for a minute man
1: yeah it's been so you guys had like this beautiful uh, vibe together when I joined. So you guys didn't even have to look at each other on stage. You already knew where each cat
2: was going. Like you could just feel it and sense it, you know? Isn't that, isn't that the best? I that, mean, you know, yeah, we've yeah. got cats like that. And uh, and we had a band also, it was called the Movement Orchestra back then. So That's it was right. like, we were always playing together all the time, you know? I remember that, I remember that. So how long was the Movement together? We was together for a minute, uh, I'm, ju- I'm just guessing but I, w- I would guess maybe about four or five years, man, we were together. Wow, and didn't you guys open up for a lot of the artists you were touring with? We opened up for some artists, man. We, we lobbied for the, uh, the opening spot to preview our music. See, but you just said the magic word,
1: lobbied. You know, like a lot of people don't understand that if you wanna do something, you can't ask permission you
2: have to advocate on your own behalf, right? Absolutely. And and at a hundred percent. Don't come to me talking about right. you wanna open up the show. You ain't got no concept together, no music together. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. So I have to say that was that was very insightful for you guys, especially back then to really take that initiative. Cause nobody was really doing that,
2: you yeah. know. Yeah. At that time, I mean, that I that's why I can appreciate bands like Snarky Puppy. Like mm. You know, they took it to a whole nother level, nother no level. comparison uh, at all. But when you see a bunch of guys come together like that, that know each other and create music, it's a beautiful thing.
1: It is, and I always found that interesting. Like, I believe as a career musician, right? According to what I call it, you have a choice. You can either go down that artistry path or you can go down the side person path, right? You know, being a sideman, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I started as a sideman and then later on discovered Oh, shit. I'm an artist. What am Mm -hmm. I doing? You know, I got to be true to that, too. So talk about that from your perspective, because obviously you've dabbled in both.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny you bring that up now because uh, this whole COVID situation and thing that we're in, of course, we're in a creative mode and do it yourself uh, mode. So I've been I've been torn for like 26 years, bro, just playing behind other people, other people. But in the last uh, three years, and especially really the last six years with BFM World coming into play, I'm learning how that I'm the artist, I'm the artist of my management, Management. I'm the artist of my schedule, I'm the artist of who I play with, I'm the artist of, I'm I'm the focal point for me, and then I have many branches that, that I do. So my mentality had to change, man. It's, it's such a beautiful thing.
1: Right. Well, your mentality definitely changed successfully. I mean you flipped it and you're definitely using all of your experience you know uh to, to benefit your movement now what you're pushing now like you said bfm world by the way beautifully done like crushing thank it. you yeah thank you bro. absolutely thank you. i mean i feel like we're getting like right into it there's so many things i want to talk about
2: yeah perfect I'll,
1: follow. I'll yeah follow yeah you, <laughs> cool, cool 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 all right so because i want to get there i want to really dive into that and one of the biggest concepts is teaching musicians that they have to have that confidence that self-confidence and i'm looking at all of your information and that's what that's the main thing i'm seeing
2: that confidence confidence build build right absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean i mean that's the root of everything you can yeah. you can take it outside of the music business for a second right. you know right. what i mean it's just what you need to have as a human and and having passion you got to have the confidence but not false confidence, like, like research-enriched confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what you're doing in any type of setting, confidence. I, I'm nervous, but I know I know this thing, so I'm going to be okay. You know what I
1: mean? Oh, see, that's brilliant. I always say there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I like what you said, too, how you – I'm nervous. You're admitting that to yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm nervous all the time, bro. I mean, right. it's, you never know what's going to happen. I'm I'm not really dwelling on, well, I did this in the past, so you should respect me for now. That only goes but so far, right? You still got to show and prove so I get nervous. Uh, but then I just think about, okay, I know how to film music. I know what this artist wants. I know what I'm trying to paint. I have all the tools. I know the road map. I have all of these things, so I'm, I'm okay. Right,
1: right. So important, man, so important. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting out, you're in Philly, I'm sure you started playing with a lot of big names around Philly, because that's such a a rich music city
2: right there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at at that particular time I was growing up, those were names. That were trying to make a name for themselves you know what yeah. i mean so it was cool to see the evolution like james Pours of being like one of my best friends you know and and to see his evolution and seeing wow. quest love that's the homie from the crib it's like whoa look at the roots now uh, look 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 at jill wow little jilly from philly look at her she's, wow. a, <laughs> she's a rock star so it was a lot of people that um that were on their hustle that that became very successful and and that that was the best part about seeing that is you. I got to see that grind and, and what they really put into being who they are.
1: Right. Right. Now, d- was it just organically that you got to, sh- to be on these bills with people just from being around them? Like you said, growing up in the hood together. Or did you make a concerted effort to say, I'm going after this gig, you know?
2: It was, it was a little of both. So uh, being from Philadelphia, we had the whole Philadelphia sound at that time, the whole East Coast behind the beat, all that swag, you know, we had that popping. Um, So if you could think back then doing something like Christina Aguilera was totally different from, from my setting, doing something like Aaliyah and Genuine was totally different from, from the house. So yeah, it was a little bit of both. Like, Those guys put me in positions play on Eric Benet's record. Oh, cool. That's dope. Get the meet music and the hang around and all of that. But there was a certain point where I I, I wanted to pursue uh, another land, and I had to go get it. Right. Let's talk about the
1: concept that a lot of young cats coming up they're always saying, Yeah, hook me up with a gig, man. You know, put me on. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you approach that when, when when people come
2: to you in that kind of manner? <laughs> man, you know, if, if you really, if you really my close homeboy, I'm gonna say, man, that's like asking a girl for a kiss without taking her out, bro. It's like, <laughs> how do you even do that, bro? Like, listen, it's not to be mean, it's not to be selfish, it's not to be spiteful, but to be quite honest, the people in those positions know what it takes to be in those positions and it ain't just playing you know it's a lot of different areas and so that might that's where my hesitation comes i I almost feel like if i hook my friend up with a gig that he's asking for i feel like i'm throwing him to the wolves Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm doing him a disservice because i know he don't have all the things to deal with long rehearsals uh pay pay being cut without you knowing but still have to perform to the best of your ability like these are mental things that could paint a bad picture for you throughout your career you know so and having to keep you cool while all that's going down in the background right mike you know (laughs) me before bro i'm a hot hair i'm i'm flying off the handle you know with stuff but you know what as i as i kept going and realizing i'm like you know what, bro? That's that's the way to tank yourself, for sure. That's so that's true. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's so, so funny yeah. cuz we're both we're both cut from a similar cloth in that matter. Like I I'm ready to go, too. Yes. You know, especially back in that I was like, "What? What'd you say motherfucker?" You know like yes, yes,
2: yes. exactly, exactly. And, you know, like, it, you know, experience teaches you otherwise. It does cuz I learned I learned from mine. I went off and I had a manager off to the side just viewing me from afar. And, and he didn't know that I was right for going off. He, mm. I was right for going off. But yeah. what it painted to him was something else. You know?
1: <laughs> I, I, don't want, I don't want that guy in the gig anymore. Yeah, that's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh, dude. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this. You know when you, you first come out of school or even graduate high school, graduate college, I don't care what it is. You're trying to establish yourself and you need a credit card. But all the credit card companies say, you need some credit before I give you this card, right? (laughs) So it's the chicken or the egg, right? Which comes first. It's a lot, uh, again, going back to the young aspiring community, I hear a lot of people talk about that. Well, man, how am I supposed to, you know, get into the business if nobody wants to give me a gig? So again, somebody saying that, what do you think are some of the first steps they can take?
2: I think that. And, and I have two perspectives. Mike, we grew up in an age where there wasn't any inter- internet. There wasn't any social media. There wasn't any, I could post a video and tag Puffy. And, he, and depending on how dope it is, he might look at it. You know, there wasn't nothing like that. So now that we live in a day like that, and a person is saying, give me a gig, I'm going to meet you halfway. Why don't you present something to me? Right? Help, help me with my anxiety of hooking you up with my connect. How about mm-hmm. that? You know what I'm saying? Help, help me to be a little relaxed. So, so if you're a drummer, go play, go play a song. Show me how you can make the song feel good, how you can make it. Show me how you can execute the liveness of it but keep the authenticity of the record. Uh, let me hear that your drum sounds sound great. Let me, mm-hmm. let me hear that you can tune your drum. Let me hear all of those things. So then I will take that confidence that you gave me, and I'll go to my connect and say, hey, I know this guy can do that instead of showing me nothing and asking for everything. Right. So in order
1: to get your full endorsement, these are the steps that, they, that somebody would have to go through.
2: And this is through experience. You've been down this road. You've done this before. Listen, you know Rob Lewis ain't playing for <laughs> no games. He ain't, he ain't, if you ain't coming right, yo... <laughs> He's gonna tell you. <laughs> I will never forget, man.
1: It's so funny because you and Rob, by the time I came into the babyface band, you and Rob already had an understanding. You guys and Ethan, you guys were all working. Like I said, the synergy was there. Right. But I went into another situation with Rob with a very another very high profile drummer like yourself. Man, and this is before that drummer became super high profile. Right. But he lit into that drummer. Like Dude, if you don't give me exactly what the fuck I'm asking for, these <laughs> subdivisions in this way with this feel and, and when I don't fill until I tell you to
2: fill, like
0: <laughs>
2: Yo, but you know what? I, I used to look That's at that as like, Rob, yo, you so hardcore, bro. But yeah. you know what he's actually doing? He was actually caring. Yes. I agree. He was actually caring because he could have just said, you know what, I'm going to take a loss on this one and I'm going to get another drummer in here tomorrow right. and it would be straight. But he had the belief to light into him. So that's that's my whole thought of throwing people to the wolves. That's a great example. Like, yeah. put me on the gear. Okay, go through this gear with Rob Lewis and you come back wanting to quit music altogether. together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I have I have similar stories with Ricky Minor too. That was I mean, you know Oh my
1: god. I used to get so nervous walking into the room with Ricky. I'm like, oh shoot, I hope I don't screw it up today, you know? Because
2: no. he's gonna let you know. But that, that's what you need. That's what you need. You gotta go through that to you know, somebody asking me what does it take to do a gig. I haven't done every gig. So I can't honestly answer that question. Each one is a different personality. You're gonna need something. So it, it, you have to go in there. Like you said, you have to, you need those things.
1: Right, right. Now, how do you, those high pressure situations, I mean, look, you've done a million of them now, but in the beginning or as you were coming up, how did you personally prepare for that? Did you have a little routine, a ritual that you did or, you know?
2: Yeah, kind of like, you know, I grew up in the church, so I'm a firm believer on, on on God and him helping me and having my back, and that that's number one. Number right. two is uh, my wife. Number three is my mother, and number four is really having a talk with myself when those high pressure situations are going on. I'm nervous, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm sitting in this position, and if I ever want to get to a position like this again, I got to conquer this. So, so my mental starts to take over. Um, as far as playing, we do that. That's what we do. We could we could play however you want. So it's not the playing part; it's the psychological part, of of, of, whoa, this is a high-pressure situation. That's right. And I
1: feel like oftentimes you just have to tell yourself, okay, cool, stop the self-talk, you're fine. Yeah. Sit, like you said, get into position. Once the stage light hits or the recording light hits, yeah. it's fine. Everything yeah. is just dissipates, right? Yeah. All, that, all that negative energy or that anxiety, you know, that neurotic Absolutely. energy.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. So I remember one time we were on tour in Japan with Babyface. Uh-huh. and we were in the elevator, and you just jumped in the elevator, and you were like, yo, dude, I think I just got the call from Madonna, but I think I don't even got the call. I think I got the gig. Like, oh, It was like, it was like your second or third call, and by that time, you were willing to talk about it, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because, of course, the first few calls, we always keep quiet, you know?
2: Exactly, right? exactly. The old saying
1: yeah. goes, keep your hands close to your chest. You're, you're playing hands right
2: absolutely yeah i remember that man i was i wasn't sure you know even when they called i'm like yeah right stop playing no no but that was a that was definitely uh experience and the fact that Babyface um kind of gave me his blessing you know because they you know they worked together but that was that was a really big moment because i we love face man We like we was on the trenches on the same tour bus with face man chilling you know like 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 a band artist, like like Eric Clapton and his boys. Because he's such a cool dude. Yes.
1: He's an anomaly. He's not one of, you know, he doesn't have this crazy ego. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Remember we used to have uh, the bad singing competitions? It was, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: hilarious.
2: <laughs> oh, but yeah, that, that was a great experience, man. All right. So, all right.
1: So, like you said, first of all, you had a good rapport with the person you're working with, you know, Kenny Babyface Edmonds at the time. He gives you his blessing because I think you had to leave the tour at some point. We weren't like touring, touring. We were just more spot dates, but still. Right. Uh so he he tells you that you're good to go man I'm happy for you. Uh and now you transition over to Madonna. Talk about that. What was that like? Cuz I think at that point that was the biggest gig and you you know on it your resume is. at the point, right? Yeah.
2: Still it still is, you know, and and that experience was crazy man. First of all, I was super grateful to uh be considered. <clears throat> I had the blessing from Steve Sadownik, who was the previous drummer, so that felt Incredible, who I who I highly respect, and he embraced me. Um, and then Madonna, you know, talk, talking to Madonna for the first time, yeah, <laughs> like, it's like that had crazy. to be surreal. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, you know, and I'm like, is this really Madonna? And she's like, yeah, it better be. I'm like, okay, this <laughs> might, like, okay, this might be Madonna. Um, but just the the preparation for it, the mentality that she wanted to feel, she wants to talk to you and see what your personality is like, what you're built on, which, which I truly respect. Um, when it came time for drum sets, I, I always tell this is a funny one. When it came time for drum sets, we were doing like a spot date or a promo, a little short promo. So I said, you know, I have a bunch of drum sets. You know, you know what, what color would you like? And they said, well, send all the colors. So I got pictures of all the kids, sent them in, and then, she's, then, they, then I got a direction that says, well, just send all of the kids, to New York, we, we were rehearsing in New York. I'm like, I don't even know how, send all of my, I have a lot of drum sets. So, like, like, so next thing I know, uh, my, my tech at the time uh, collected all my kids, put them in a sea container, they shipped them to New York and she picked from there. That was like the weirdest, craziest power thing I have seen. How cool is that, man? It was really cool, it was really cool.
1: I mean, that's awesome. Wow. Okay. So, so you're in New York. She picks a kit or several kits that she likes. I'm sure you you have more than one, probably, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're rehearsing. What's that like? Now you're in you're in the in the you know in the studio rehearsing.
2: Yeah. So with her, I mean, she's very personal with her crew and her people. She wants to talk to them. She talks about religion, family, life. You know, she's very politics. She's very, yeah. uh, which I really appreciate it. You know, it right. helped my nerves. Uh, but she's she's edited. And she she has ears tonally. Uh, acoustic drum versus the trigger. Uh, Brian playing electric kick drum with her acoustic snare trigger and electric hi hats. Like different combinations yeah. of, of what she would feel. Uh, so it was really like attention to detail of her music. Once again, you never know what you're going to need depending on the you know the artist. Right. That you- that you work with but she's very detailed in, into the sonics i love that man so
1: talk about the actual day i'm just i'm guessing she wasn't there the whole day right that's typical rehearsals
2: she's in every day we have every day. yeah we have rehearsals with her first with the band uh the first part of the day and then the second part of the day we'll record whatever we do and send it over to the dancers so that they can rehearse with her on the second part of the day and that's i think that that's it was six days a week
1: wow so you guys just didn't go in as a band without her she was always there
2: she was always there
1: <laughs> once again now that's an anomaly because typically the artist doesn't always show up every day
2: you know yeah, she's she, she's the boss you know wow. she, she wants to hear and she and 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 it makes sense because whatever we create in the rehearsals that yeah. if we record it she wants to be able to dance to those changes whatever changes she's made and uh, so yeah she was there every day right
1: thank goodness you were behind the kit you didn't have to worry about choreo
2: (laughs) thank the lord they they was trying they said brian i think we need i'm like nah, come on (laughs) yeah
1: that's no fair that happened to me because i'm a guitar
2: player i'm <laughs> like oh man come on really <laughs> exactly you know y'all getting it all the time
1: oh right? man <laughs> yeah. all right so now let's talk about again prepping for that and being prepared because i love your preparedness again when i first met you you and i hit it off because you were the first one it was either you or me the first one down in the lobby ready to go mm-hmm It was either you or me, the first one on the bus, or you and me, the first one at the airport, or wherever, like, whenever the lobby call was, we were there 10, 15 minutes ahead of time. Sometimes you would beat me. You'd be there 30 minutes ahead of time. I'm like, what the (laughs)
0: hell, man? Like,
1: Like, hey, man, you know, I got to get acclimated. I'm just chilling, you know. I'm just here. I'm just here. (laughs) So I love that, and preparedness is such a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. Because a lot, as the old saying goes, you know, hurry up and wait, right? Yes. So yes. you're in those rehearsals. How did you prepare gear-wise? Let's just talk about that first. You have all these kits, and what did you do on a regular basis? So when she called you out and said, hey, I want X, Y, Z, you need to facilitate that quickly.
2: Absolutely. So it's, it's once again, getting to know your artist. So I went through the door thinking just drums. All right, drums. And, and I have my triggers, so I'm okay with electronics if she want to do any of that. But I wasn't thinking djembe, bongos. I wasn't thinking... Mm-hmm. She's world artist, bro. Like she'll do anything from a dance track to an acoustic track with just guitar and percussion. You know, so I went into it prepared. Talked to all my companies. I need a djembe. I need timbales. I need bongos. I need congas. Just trust me. I know it sounds like a lot, yeah. But just trust me. And anything I don't use, I'll send it back. But I need to have everything there. Um, So that's how I prepare mentally gear-wise. I tried to cover every basis possible that I thought she would ever ask for anything. And and that's how we build the rack. Once we get in rehearsals and we see actually what we're using and what we're not, then it'll say, all right, let's let's complete the rack now. So now um, the rack is the hardware system that encompasses all those instruments in one? Yes, yes. Now, did you... That has to meet certain specs for the stage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yes. you can build this elaborate kit that, that really needs a 10 by 10 riser and they say, hey buddy, you on an eight by eight. What do you what do you do? You gotta cut down something. Like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, did you guys have an A-rig and a B rig? Um, for for our gear, no. We just had an A an A rig. They had a, a B, uh, and C-Rig, I think, for uh, Pro Tools, and I think they had an A and B-Rig for the stage. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So if if your
1: guys's A-Rig wasn't there, they couldn't set up?
2: It's going to be a problem.
1: That, wow. That's some serious logistical work there.
2: It is. For the tour managers and whatnot. I mean, it wow. Yeah. When you hear truck drivers coming in saying, hey, man, truck number 32 was late. You'd be like, <laughs> what, what truck was my stuff on? Like, <laughs> First of all, truck number thirty-two. <laughs> like,
1: how many damn trucks are there, man?
2: You know? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Wow.
1: Okay. And and again, you know, not just for her gig, but for all your gigs, you develop a good relationship with your tech. I'm sure.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So important, right? and I can't do it without them. I mean, right. A lot of times, I try to give them the pub or, or magazine. We'll do magazine articles together. We'll do interviews together. I want them. People to know how um, how involved they were in in this finished product you see. So, all of my techs Chris Oxett, James J.R. Newkirk, Okwai Andrews, uh, L. Boogie, E.P., all of those guys I've developed amazing relationships with.
1: I love that. And thank you for shouting all of them out. That's so important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Man. I i couldn't do anything without them
1: (laughs) right you know what i'm saying it's like a race car driver without his crew pit absolutely i mean it's just not gonna happen nope and we're talking about these are the people that are the first ones in the venue and the last ones to leave
2: absolutely when i used to see my tech in the afternoon i get i got like a little two three o'clock sound check and i come in all happy and and i look at them and they're like what you so happy about i'm like Bro, what time did you get here? I've been here since five o'clock. I'm like, Jeez. Do you want a sandwich or something? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a hot shower, a massage. What can I do for you? Can I, what can I, can I
2: do go, for you, bro? Can, can I, I book
1: pick? you a spa date? You know, like
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so true, man. So true. And oftentimes, depending on the crew and the size and how uh, how quickly they move from venue to venue, they don't get hotel rooms like we do.
2: No. Like no. the
1: musicians. I mean,
2: don't have a back-to-back show, you know. Going going from uh, Seattle, Washington to 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 Dallas, Texas. It's a rat. You're not getting a hotel. Yeah, and they won't see sleep for at least the. You know, I mean, no Amen. sleep.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the beasties. No sleep till Brooklyn or the next city. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the hardworking techs out there. We love you.
1: Amen to that. <laughs> I always say, like you know. Look, treat your tech with the utmost respect and kindness. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Amazing, amazing. All right, so now uh, shifting from that particular tour or the bigger tours that you've done, because you've done quite quite a few, not just Madonna. Uh, when you're doing fly dates or spot dates, even even if it's like a little tour uh, a tour bus thing, but it's maybe only a weekend, how do you prepare mm-hmm. for that? What kind of rig are you bring in, and how do you shrink it down so it's manageable?
2: So my, my rig, um, I have different rack designs, but but the pieces in there are pretty consistent. Three up, two down, three snares. It's pretty much my same setup. So I try to facilitate what I need. Of course, if I'm not using all of that for the gig, I'll cut down. But if I'm doing a spot date and it's an hour and a half show, then I'm going to call Pearl. I'm going to tell them where I'm going to be. And I'm going to say, hey, what do you have in that area and they'll say, we have this. And I'll say, okay, we'll do it on stands or we'll do it on rack. I'll go to my tech. Do you want to build something or you want stands? Let's just do stands. All right, fine. I'll probably we'll do stands. I'm still hands-on behind the scenes way before the gig. Cymbals, sticks, custom drum heads. What triggers do we have in that city? Who's bring? I'm, I'm very hands-on with that. I love that.
1: I would say, but you're still orchestrating all of this. Absolutely. You know, instead of just telling your tech, oh, man, just handle it.
2: Oh no, my yeah. my text be calling me like, "Yo, can you call such and such man and get them?" The... I'll be like, "Yo, I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, send this man, I need it." Like you know, perfect transition. Let's yeah. talk about the
1: big E word for a lot of musicians, especially those up and coming. They're always trying to get the big endorsement. Man, how do I get the the gear deal? Now, I went to your website several times. You have every single kind of gear deal, endorsement deal you can get. Let's talk about that. That's brilliant. I have I've had quite a few over, over my years. Mm. It seems like drummers have the biggest, you know, uh type of deals because you guys have so much stuff. You need a lot yeah. of different
2: things. Yeah, so many different departments.
1: Man, what's your philosophy on that? How did you go about it? You know, how do you maintain that?
2: I think that uh one of the biggest misconceptions about endorsements is your self-skill level equals free gear. <laughs> That is not always true. It's not 100% untrue. I'm not saying that, that it doesn't happen, but it's not always true. This is a business. They're a business. They need something out of the deal. And even though that gear is given to you for free, there's a price tag on that somewhere inside that company, $20,000, 30000 $40,000 of, of gear that they're giving away to you For free, so that's just first and foremost for for anyone listening on that. Second of all is being involved with the company, knowing their gear. Nothing is more um, satisfactory than than going to a rep and saying, "Hey, man, you know your twenty ply snare drums. What what what's what's uh what's the bearing edges on those? Are those double forty five or forty five? Because I think they're double forty five because how the tone sounds when you put the head. Nothing is better." Then go into a company like that and they're looking at you. They're behind the desk all day. They know these specs. Right. You're a player. You know the specs? Oh, man, I like this kid. So it's it's so many different ways. You can use the way of, hey, I'm good. Give me an endorsement. You could use the way of relationships. Hey, man, what what do you think about this? Or i noticed this about this. You can use it social media, advertising, promoting the gear, going back to what we talked about before. Promoting the gear so people can hear how it sounds, especially now in COVID. These, these companies are eating up. If you have any promo, please send it to us. Right. You know what i mean. That's right. That's right. It's, it's perfect time to become an asset with endorsements. But I just don't believe because you can play fast or a lot of things, you should be given an endorsement, especially if you don't know the gear
1: man you could say that 10 times over and it still wouldn't be enough like there's no truer statement than that when it comes to getting the, the endorsement deals it's a symbiotic relationship it truly mm-hmm. is
2: it is yeah. It is. And, and and it, should, it should be that's right that's right so you have to give back to the company you know you have to I, I get a lot of flack about you know and I, I talk about this I'm, I, my companies know how I am yeah. um, I, at one company I went to I came through the door I, I know my worth. I'm feeling confident. And I say, put me on payroll. I want to be on payroll. Because I know that such and such used to do get on payroll. And I know that that person used to get And uh, And I said, I'm out here in front of all of these audiences playing the gear, advertising for you. I was feeling myself, right? And the guy told me some things that changed my whole perspective. He said, B, listen. I know that you're out there playing in front of thousands of people and we appreciate it, but it's not like we get a mad rush for everybody to go buy the drum set that you played at the show when you was on tour with Madonna. You know, we we don't really get a lot of calls for them to buy that drum set. So listen, we want to work with you We we'll give you whatever you need, but your expectation on what you should get is not based on something that's real. Wow. And it, and it and it changed my whole perspective. Now, I didn't stop my hustle, but it changed my whole perspective, you know? So even the payroll thing, that was a grandfather. Some companies, those guys were grandfathered in to cover them until 20, whatever their contract says. But because sales for gear year are going down, they're not so open to just give away money for advertising because they're not making any money off the current advertising they're doing anyway. Hey, this is Brian Fraser Moore, and I'm a career musician. Follow The Career Musician on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest news and get tips from the world's leading musicians.
0: Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on The Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Just thoughts
2: in your head for people to think about so you you're not so locked into entitlement endorsement you know what i mean
1: that's right and really like you said doing the research understanding the market yeah understanding the reality of what today's industry looks like
2: absolutely compared I mean, to even, back then even on my signature snare uh, which is which is our pearl
1: i was gonna ask you that next yeah
2: yeah i came into the situation and um i learned I had a snare before, so I kind of knew what the percentages was. You know, people could talk all day about what they make on signature product. Okay, I'm here to tell you the truth. It's not a large number. It is not a large number. So I had to rethink it, knowing the system. I had to rethink it and say, you know what? I'll be a distributor for my snare zone because Sweetwater gets how much? how much? How much does Sweetwater get if they distribute your snare? Drum? They get this percentage. Big, big difference from just the artist's percentage, now you're distributed. So I said, I want to do a distributor's deal. Well, do you, is your company incorporated? Yes, BFM World is incorporated. Then we need your seller's permit. Not a problem. Here's my seller's permit right here so I can put my logo inside my snare drone so they won't get in trouble. And now my percentage is bigger. So knowing the system and and not just saying, you ought to give me, you ought to give me, but, but learning the system and being able to maneuver through it, hey, man, I'll take that any day.
1: But see, you didn't handle that like a musician. You handled right. that like a businessman. Absolutely. And that is one of the things that I feel is that is broken within our industry. Musicians yeah. don't think
2: of themselves as business people. They but should, bro. It's a, it's a business. It's a business. It's a very demanding and popular yeah. business.
1: <laughs> right. So that the way you dealt with that was beautiful. Now you did the research, you figured out your sales permit. Of course you're incorporated. And I say, of course, because if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know that you need to be, then you need to go listen to 99 more episodes because <laughs> I say it almost every damn episode, <laughs> you know, incorporate for credit out loud. Uh, how did you handle the logistics of the distribution process then? Do you have a, like a small warehouse? What did you have to set up? How, do, how are you doing that?
2: So they were, the, this company that I did it with, they were very generous in understanding that and that they would take care of the shipping even though I sell it through my website. Gotcha. So any orders that I get through my website, uh, I will then take care of the money, split up the money, here's yours, here's mine, here's the address, here, have a nice day, they ship it. So I thank them Beautiful. for for agreeing to do that. Otherwise, I would have had to do like you said, get, right. get a whole bunch of them here, Right. Set up the shipping, make sure, you know, the spreadsheet to keep everything clean. So.
1: But still, you would have done it either way. So, either way. You know, it's like, it's like the drop shipping uh, movement with Amazon, right? It was Absolutely. like, oh, you, you into drop shipping? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a win-win situation. It works out Absolutely. beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. Yes. That is killer. Have you ever had an artist, especially a higher profile artist, say to you, you know what? I don't want your
2: usual setup. I want kick hat and snare. Yeah. And what's your first reaction? What do you do? Inside, okay, my first inside reaction is, yo, this is my stuff. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? you telling me what to do on my car. I don't tell you how to sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my outside one, after I have that moment in my head, my outside one says, you're a G, Brian. Can't, no- can't nobody throw nothing at you that's going-, that's going to trump you. He don't play drums. He don't play drums. You play right. drums. So that confidence has the kick back, And I say, man, what, what you need? Snare kick on my hat? I got you. And then, yep. and then I'll bring a kick drum back uh, with, with a custom head on it, with their face on it, just to show you, I got this, bro. I, 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 do, I do this, bro. <laughs> that's my point. Always say
1: yes with a smile, right? Yeah. And awesome. deliver way beyond expectations.
2: Way beyond. Blow their heads off. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right we talked about gear quite extensively when you go on tour. And I know right now we're, we're in a holding pattern on touring. I truly believe it's going to come back. It might be a little different, but it's going to come back. Right. Yeah. When you do get ready for tour aside from gear, any other essentials, you know, packing peripheral items. Again, do you have any kind of like little ceremonial things that you do? Oh, I have to have this book with this set of headphones or, you know, anything, any tips, Yeah. Insight there.
2: When I when I'm when before prepping for a tour, I'm totally into the music. That's my one thing. I'm diving into it, trying to understand why this music is so good. Every song I don't think is good, but I'm still trying to find out why it's so good because that's where I need to be. So I'm heavily 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 engrossed in the music. I'm heavily engrossed in uh, the setup of my kit, all the things I need. Pearl, I need this. Sabian, I need this. I'm behind the scenes building the whole tank. And then once I get out there, I'm on a regiment every day, waking up in the morning, talking to my wife, going to walk or run for a couple of miles, come back, get some breakfast or, or workout first before I go, uh, come back, get some breakfast, listen to some music, answer some emails, get juiced up on my music in the room for the day. Yep. By the time I leave that hotel, I'm, I'm ready for war. I'm, I'm ready for it to happen. You know? <laughs> I love it. And it's so important that I say, I say this all the time, you have
1: to have a routine. If yeah. you don't have a routine, and you just go out there on the road, and you just play it by ear, so to speak,
2: you... it, it might not work out as good as if you had a steady routine to enrich your body, your soul, and your mind to get prepared for what's what's about to happen physically and mentally that's right that's right now how did you prepare when you
1: were younger especially did you learn a lot of this going along the way or were you just you always kind of knew no this is my regiment this is what I'm going to do I mean I'm I'm sure there's some balance and learning along the way right
2: yeah I I would say a little bit of both uh, when I was younger I was just ready to go I was I like, like I would, we all are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We all, oh, oh, we got to go to Soundcheck. It's two forty-five. I'm still over here drinking. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. But as I got older and started seeing how to preserve your body on the road, yeah. how to preserve your mind, how to keep home intact, and split up your time in a way that you can be there for home as well as what's happening on the road. Like, you you learn to put a little schedule together.
1: Right, like while you're on the road, you have to make time to connect with everybody at home.
2: Absolutely, and look, so three three thirty to four thirty, you can't connect with me because I'm in sound check. So, right, I need to make that a little earlier or a little later. later. <laughs> right, right. And how
1: do you deal with those sound checks that last, unfortunately, like marathons?
2: <laughs> oh my God! I just, you know, you start to compare your musicality to the person's musicality on why this rehearsal is so long, you start to go, like, hey, this is not hard. Why Why is, Why are you not getting this? Why is this, you know, you go through that. But but a lot of times if that pops in my head, then, then I go to being a team player. I'm here to be a team player. So, team player means I gotta wait for my brother to get his part. Once he get his part, and once they get their part, so they gotta wait for me to get my part how about right. that you know what i'm saying so it's right. i have to think team when i'm in those rehearsals or else human will pop up somewhere <laughs> right instead of pointing fingers you're yes thinking, absolutely you, know, you got to zoom out absolutely it's about the whole team and we need this to make it strong
1: and now you've been an md on several situations
2: mm-hmm. right
1: yeah, yeah absolutely so i think the best mds are musicians first they just start as sidemen so to speak right
2: mm-hmm, because mm-hmm.
1: now you know what it's like to be on both sides of the fence in exactly
2: both sides. exactly
1: because as the md your first priority is the artist yes your next yes. priority is the band so talk yeah. about that and how you delegate and how you how you like to run rehearsals in those situations
2: i like to uh with with first of all the people that i pick i pick them according to knowing that i don't have to worry about things right. you know that's just it. What well, personality-wise and uh, retention, execution, authenticity—all of these things—I pick them according to who I don't have to worry about. So if I get a rehearsal and the artist is taking too long, but I know I got my people over here who have already prepared, you know, I become the liaison. I have to become the—I um, don't want to say babysitter—but I have to become the person in between that keeps them. Okay, and keeps them okay pushing so we can get the artists okay. So you kinda become you kinda become this in between person. You know what I mean? You feel for the artists because they're the artists and and it's their show and they're paying everybody and what can you do? Um but these are your people that you trust and you know you trust their musicality and you don't want to wear them out. So I kinda play in between to keep everyone happy. Right, right. We, we have to be the mediator. That's
1: essentially, right? Yeah. And, and then you have the crew to keep in mind, because if the production staff doesn't have the stage ready with monitors that have been rung out and with ear lines, IEMs that have been, you know, tweaked and dialed in, now you just added
2: <laughs> a couple more hours to this. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when you ask yourself, why am I in this meeting right now? Right. Like, why am, I, right. why am I here? This is not even my world, you know right. what I mean? But, right. but you have to insert yourself for, for the benefit of the team. That's know? right. I always say, like, I, I had
1: to have a really good rapport with the production manager. So that way yeah, really? the PM knows, look, they can call me anytime, day or night, any issues, and then I could check in with them throughout the day. Hey, how are we looking on that two p.m. sound check? Are we still good? Yeah. You know, exactly. because that's the other thing. If if the itinerary says two p.m. band call, the band's there and waiting, but then all of a sudden they're not ready and you can't get on stage till three thirty. Now you just you just sucked a lot of energy out of that band, right?
2: A whole lot. Man, You know what kind of personalities I have to deal with at 3.30 now? Right.
1: Oh, (laughs) some angry people. (laughs) And I know I used to be the first one, like, man, why the hell are we here so early? We're not ready. We just got to sit here and do this. But now, again, you learn over experience. You know what? Take that time and repurpose it for something else.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something constructive done, right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: So learn how to, to just you know bob and weave with the with the flow, right?
2: Oh, so good! It's a, I mean, so Adam Blackstone. Let me tell yes. you, this guy right here, he is the master of that, bro. I'm just being honest, like. I just watch him, and everyone loves him. You see the production yes. people and the art. Adam! Hey, Adam, good to see you. The TV people. Hey, my man, Adam. i would be like, bro, how do you, how do, you
0: do it? <laughs>
1: That's right. He's like the beloved mayor of every production. Yeah. He is. He is. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's definitely a feat, and, and it's a gift, you know?
2: It is a gift.
1: For sure, for sure. Now you've worked with Adam quite a bit, right?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Talk about some of those scenarios because uh, TV is a whole nother thing, and you know, I I want to make sure that the listeners really understand how much time, energy, and money goes into that, but also the value of your patience and being a team player.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it it, it really dictates everything. Like right. uh, television, constantly changing. This bumper needs to be 40 seconds. Oh, no, we got to cut it down to 27 seconds. It doesn't even make sense musically, 27 seconds. Well, you got 27 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> things just change, and, and we need you to pre-record this. And No, we need to play this live, and we need to... Here's the arrangement, and here's the... Oh, Brian, do you have a gong drum? Because now they're thinking about a gong drum. What? A gong drum? Yeah. Uh, adjust it. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Right. Whatever you can imagine, so going back to what you were saying, um, being able to bob and weave at, with excellence, you yes. know what I'm saying? With not, not with that attitude, half-ass excellence, but to execute with excellence. I, I watch Omar Edwards. How he executes when when Adam is MD and Omar's an MD, and I just watch, you know, and Adam be like, "Hey, oh, I need you to play this part," such so, as, so. and Omar's immediately like, "Oh, hold on, let me find the sound." Like, there's no thought, it's bro. We, we're, we're a team, so a lot of the television stuff happens like that, you know, when when especially when you're live, you know, or when it's live TV. It's no taking it back. <laughs> that's
1: right. Now, and, and that's kind of the opposite. When you're on a live TV set, or really any TV set, You, you everybody has to be there from the first thing in the morning. So awesome. typically a minimum TV day is 12 hours at least.
2: Easy. You know? Yeah. Easy. You know, whether, and if you're only doing like, let's just say you're on a, a television show like, like we did uh, uh, last night. Uh, the Billboard Awards came on and, and was on there with Alicia. And right. I'm, I'm thinking, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking about how long that day was. Like, But, but the segment was like three minutes. And I, I, that was like a full day, bro. You know what I mean? So.
1: Let's talk about that since that's fresh in your mind. Thank you for bringing that up, actually. I think I called you a couple weeks ago and you were doing something else for Alicia, too. Yeah. Uh, so Alicia Keys, uh, you know, for the listeners, just in case... Um, Talk about that. So the day before, well, several days before, again, you're prepping your rig, you're prepping all the logistics.
2: You get an itinerary, and then you jump on that. So, you know, tell us about that. Absolutely. It's the same method. I want to be thorough with what the kit is. You know, if if we're using the kit from center stage, and I'll call center stage and say, which kit is it? Is it the black kit? Yeah, we got the black kit. You got these here? Yeah, we got them. i call my tech. Hey, Cynestasia has everything. Just make sure you touch the bass with them. woo I got the music. Adam is sending in the music. All right, bet. Okay. We pre-recording or we're playing it live, whatever it may be. I go to work. Triggers. Adam always wants trigger sound. So I have this method of uh, taking an MP3, separating the drum still, separating the drum track, finding a clean snare kit, chop it, take it out, put it on the kit. Now I'm authentically what the song is. So all of this Man. preparation. Uh, happens before before we even get together
1: i love that do are you able to get the
2: stems a lot of times so that you can have those sounds so i have a little secret and i i i won't tell everything but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> ultimately i will i will have the original sounds
1: right beautiful yeah yeah very yep. important yeah yeah
2: very yep. super we were rehearsing for a show um with Adam and it, it got canceled because of COVID and it was a lot of music. I'm talking about hundreds of pieces of music mm. um, and a lot of music. And so I used that method with that because it was top 40 stuff, living on a prayer, like all kind of wow. old stuff. So I, I got a whole bank of all of those sounds, man. And I, nice. I just keep them because you never know.
1: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You have to. You yeah. always have to be ready. Again, going back to that preparedness, right?
2: Yep. Absolutely.
1: I love it. All right. So now let's separate all of that preparation with a different kind of preparation and a whole skill set. Again, going back to business acumen, how do you interface with management
2: and teams from that perspective? Yeah. Very thought out. Thank you. Very, very, very thought out to the, to the finest detail because we don't live in the same worlds. You know, we can't take for granted that they understand our road and we surely don't understand all the ways in their and their roads. Um, so very carefully, skillfully thought out. If, if I want something, I'm going to present every reason, fact based benefit of the team based to be able to get what, what I need. So it's very, it's very the opposite of, um, uh, I'm me, you know. <laughs> I'm me, and i do, and I do this. It's very opposite yeah. because they're, they're business uh, people. You know? That's right. Did you have a mentor
1: with you know things like negotiating and things like that, or did you just kind of learn as
2: you go along? As you I learned. Along? I learned as I went along, man. Yeah, just been, being around people and checking out checking out how people are. It, you learn to stop pointing fingers at other people. If you really check out how they are, you can't have an expectation on how a person is. So forget that part. And learning how they are gives you the tools to be able to communicate where they are instead of trying to get them to change to where you are. If that so makes true. any sense. So, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Going to management, I, I, I bust my behind. I've I've went in wrong and got cursed out. I've got refused of money. I've, you know, all of these things happen, and, and then something starts to click. Like, you know what? Maybe this is not the right approach.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's so funny because I've been in this situation a couple times in the higher profiles where the management, the first thing they say to you is, okay, what do you want? And, and you're like, uh, uh, on the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? It's, it's, like, it's like the person that saying, man, I deserve. You right. need to give me. And when you're faced with a question, when you get with those type of managers and those people and they say, what do you want? And you stumble. Oh, oh no! That's it. They got you now. It's over. You might as well just take two dollars a week. It's a roll. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if this story
1: is true, but I've heard it a couple times. Like the old, uh, the, this little old, you know, proverb type thing. Bob Dylan, you know, says to his band, "Tell me how much you want to get paid." So the guitar player, you know, puts in his number, and the drummer puts in his number, you know. And the drummer's like, "Yeah, man, it's so cool that Bob's paying us ten thousand a week," you know. And the guitar player is like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> I'm I'm only getting two thousand.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's like, you know.
1: oh. So they go back to Bob, and you know the guitar. Well, well why did you? he? I asked you what you wanted. You oh. said you wanted two thousand, so I gave you two thousand.
2: <laughs> oh no! You better know your worth, boy. You yes. Better do your research, and that's the key:
1: being prepared, doing the research.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And if you have people that you can talk to, call them up. You know, in confidence, or absolutely.
2: absolutely. But if you don't. Then just do some research. Gotta do some research because yeah, you never know. You you like oh two thousand and you think it because you ain't do your research. You yeah. know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying, no. right? Come on, <laughs> yeah, you gotta do some research because <laughs> he
1: was he was probably paying that back in the '60s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, but then that, that brings me to the other, the golden rule that I always say about money: never talk about money ever mm. to nobody except your business manager and your yep. spouse, right? Exactly. Like exactly,
2: exactly. Keep your mouth
1: shut and yep. just do your job.
2: Yep, and leave it at that. Yeah, leave it at that. I agree. Yeah,
1: especially in this day and age, we're all well. First of all, we're all independent contractors, mm-hmm. which means we. Independently negotiate on our own behalf.
0: Right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. You
1: know, I always used to say to a manager who actually became a very good friend of mine Look, when you talk to me about business and, and money, you're not talking to the nice musician guy, oh, yeah, hey, I'm just happy to play and have a. G-. No, you're talking to my manager. That's my
2: alter ego. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And he's That's thorough. That's right. He's thorough, man. Because I I remember uh, one time somebody told me I, I would go out on tour. I would have my own drums. I would have my own cases, my triggers, the heads, sticks. I'll have everything. And and they were like, "Are they paying for that?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" It was like, "You a complete package, bro. Are they paying for that, or, or or is all of that come under the drummery? And I was like, "Wait a minute. Ooh, yeah. Stop the press." <laughs> you know what I mean? So just just knowing, I didn't know, I, I I had no idea. But just knowing can put you in a better position. So true, so true. Have Have you ever had
1: to sub out on a gig?
2: Yes. And yes. How do you handle that? Um. So someone coming in to sub for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, oh man, you know what? There's a conflict because first of all, when that conflict hits our calendar, we're like, ooh, we get nervous in general. Exactly. <laughs>
2: well, I, I had a I had Mike Reed come out and sub for me. Uh, because I was getting married on Justin Timberlake, um, the uh, Legends of the Summer Tour. So I was getting married. And so Mike, he can't, man, shout out to Mike Reed. Look, he yeah. came through and did the thing. And, and we all know he can play. He, Mike Reed can play. But think about it. He had to come in on my drum set with 42 patches in the show, learn where all of them go, learn when you're supposed to switch. Like, just really learn everything. What songs have triggers on the snare? What song had triggers on the, on the small snare? What song has the, the snap on it? You know, he had to learn all of that. So uh, I think we were about a good month in every day just, just talking and, and going through it. I'm very hands-on with anybody that subs for me because, I want first of all, I want them to win. And second of all, I want the account to win.
1: That's right. Because what you're doing is ensuring that you keep that relationship intact. Absolutely. With all parties, basically. Right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know some people that say, yeah, my, my man came and subbed for me. I said, did you get with him? Did you make sure you're straight? He said, nah, he got it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> he ain't never been around them people in his life, bro. What right. Do you
1: How does he have it? <laughs> and all the nuances that go along with each different situation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Man, so true, so true. Have you ever had to say no, thank you, to a gig, and how do you do that?
2: I have. um, I do it with all respect, and I do it with uh, a fact-based reason instead of a personal reason. So always keep it business, you know. Even though the money might have been low and it was super disrespectful, even though I I just didn't want to work with that person, whatever it may be, I'll I'll give a fact base uh reasons so that we can keep a business that's 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 good advice yeah and even if most of the time if i can't do something if i said i could do something and i can't then i'll come to them with a replacement that i already kind of prep for the situation
1: right right i love it i love it all right you've shared with us a lot of your, your principles and methods through this whole interview which I like i said i love it we have such a good synergy in that regard um any words of wisdom in closing, you know, look, if it's a young person trying to make it in the game, get to your level, or even if it's somebody who's been doing it, but still wants to
2: branch out and do more. Absolutely. I mean, for all of those who are trying to do it or who have done it or have been doing it and it's looking to go to different levels. First and foremost, I say, keep doing it, keep pushing that you can do it. That's first and foremost. So to that self doubt, that's inside of you. That's saying, man, I can't do it because I'm not this type of musician. I'm not that type of person. You can do it. You can do it. All you have to do is research. Spend that time with yourself. All right. For I, I create things to drummers a lot because I'm a drummer. So if you know there's a style that you want to play and you want to get into, you want to get into the Nashville scene. You want to get into that sound uh, of playing. Then you got to research and you got to spend time with yourself. So that you can eat and digest that whole method. So give yourself time. It's it's so it's gonna be okay. Research and give yourself time and you'll you'll be on your way there. But don't be quick and and, and, and give up. Oh, I can't get this. Yeah. So it's not meant for me. You know what Man, I mean? So, that's
1: so true. And like you said, back in the day when we came up, we didn't have the internet and social not, media. Not. Uh, now it's it, it 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 actually presents, you know. A situation that's better with more pros but also cons yeah. yeah right it's like if you don't have X amount of followers then now oh well now you're kind of you know
2: yeah well I, I tell a lot of my uh, my clients you know as far as social media is concerned um, it's the main highway right you got people going on social media to find out who's passed away or what the numbers in the COVID is versus watching CNN everyone's going to social media to get information. So now, put something out there. Put a put a put a hip hop song out there and let them see how authentic you are to that. Put put a bluegrass song out there and let All them right. see how authentic. Put a, put a straight ahead song. Build your audience within yourself first instead of expecting your audience just to grow with the same old you, you know? There you <laughs> so, go. I love it. You know, what? and a really
1: quick side tangent here, we didn't talk about anything music as it were. I love the fact that you just mentioned several different genres. Talk about versatility and what you did to prepare
2: yourself. Absolutely. I mean, it's lanes. You, you want to be everywhere or you just want to be one place? Right. Denzel Washington said, you want to go to jail or you want to go home? What you want to do? <laughs> if you want to be everywhere, then get in every, every style of music that's going to be everywhere. It's, it's only going to help you. Reading charts, orchestral music, film score, commercials artists like do it all that's right that's right
1: i love it man and tell us about bfm
2: world bfmworld.com you can go there anytime we have consultations about the music business we give you new perspectives new ways to think you're running into the same old walls i've been doing this for 10 years let's change it up now let's give you some real insight on how the industry is how the machine works so we have consultations we have private lessons video lessons we have pro- uh, video consultations, we have a uh, podcast, we have clothing, we have signature snares, signature sticks. Just go to bfmworld.com. There's a bunch of stuff there that, that you might find interesting.
1: I love that, man. That's awesome. And actually, I want to figure out a way for us to do like a webinar clinic together, you know?
2: Yeah. A master class. That's good. Yeah. us yeah. do I'm down.
1: I love that. The career musician featuring Brian Fraser Moore. That's going to be dope. Yeah. Yes. So I'll be in touch about that. All right, to wrap it up, you mind some rapid-fire questions? Let's do it. All right, favorite food? Vegan. Wow, how long have you been
2: vegan? I've been vegan for about a year and a half now.
1: Nice.
2: That's good, that's good. Favorite adult beverage? Cream soda. Oh, adult adult (laughs) beverage. Since I'm a vegan, that's uh, that's adult beverage. Uh, Okay. uh, Casamigos and orange juice. There you go. Casamigos is tequila. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes.
1: Favorite sport?
2: I'm not a big sport person yeah. at all. Uh, but it's if better. I had one, I would say basketball.
1: There you go. There you go. How do you spend your free time, assuming you have some?
2: Uh, with my wife. Just doing regular things, watching movies. When we, were, when we were able to be outside, we would go to theaters a lot. We love the theater. Lion King, Chicago. I'm a big fan of all of that stuff.
1: Oh, there you go. Very nice, very nice. Do you prefer to drive yourself or be driven? Drive
2: myself. And what do you do on those long flights? Music, sleep. Uh, music, sleep, eat, get off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> What's the last
1: song, band, or artist you've listened to that you had no professional affiliation with?
2: Uh, the BGS. That was yesterday. Nice. I was into the BGS heavy uh, uh, because of their drum sounds, bro. Right.
1: Yes. That thuddy 70s sound. Yes. yes. It's like quack. It's like, ah, it's thick. You could cut it with a knife, it sounds like, right?
2: It's so present, too, boy.
1: Oh, right, and present at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's cool. Shopping, online or brick and mortar? Online. Okay, so even post-COVID, pre-COVID, online?
2: Yeah, I'm my Amazon freak.
1: There you go, there you go. <laughs> All right, you've collaborated with a lot of people, bro, but if you had one that hasn't happened yet, who would it be? Sting. Nice. And finally, what would you do if you weren't a career musician?
2: I think I would either be something in the legal field, attorney, something like that, or probably selling drugs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. I I mean, the little—I mean, the the lot bit that I know you, I definitely see the attorney. Yeah, yeah I see that. Yeah, 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 I don't think you'd be happy in the drug game for too long. you know,
2: yeah, well, you know, you know what? I've been watching uh, Ghost and, uh, oh. and and Power and all of that. So excuse yeah. my answer. It might no, be I, get it. I get it. I got. Hey, man, I love Narcos. You mm-hmm. know,
1: come on. And being, I'm half Cuban, so dude, come on, like. No, no you already know. Uh, you speaking my language, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's a whole nother crazy life. All right, man. Brian, thank you so much, man. You crushed it. We're so happy to have you on The Career
2: Musician. Man, thank you, man. Y'all doing a great thing over here. I'm honored to be. I've been been checking y'all out for a minute. So y'all got a lot of great people on here. So thank you for having
0: me. Download, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast platforms.
2: Making music is easy. Making money in music is not. Join Nomad as he talks about the ups, downs, and turnarounds of the music biz.
1: I'm just a nomad, nowhere man. Writing the songs in this one-man band. A nomad.